Welcome to Polymathic Being, a place to explore counterintuitive insights across multiple domains. These essays take common topics and explore them from different perspectives and disciplines, and in doing so, come up with unique insights and solutions. Stereotyping properly. Today's topic challenges the oversimplified assumption that stereotyping is bad. In this exploration, we look at what stereotypes are, how they are applied and misapplied, and how to leverage the strengths and avoid the pitfalls of this powerful social tool. Introduction to Stereotypes Stereotypes have been getting a bad rap for quite some time now. They're often viewed as an insidious manifestation of sexism, racism, ageism, or pretty much any negative fear. We can quickly bring to mind common negative stereotypes, but have we considered their positive role in how humans socially interact? The thing about stereotypes is they're often painfully accurate, whether it be gender, racial, or cultural. The humor is that some of the most common stereotypes are true to a large portion of the population and to a large degree of application. If they're so accurate, but they're supposed to be so bad, what are stereotypes? Stereotype, a noun, a widely held but fixed and oversimplified image or idea of a particular type of person or thing. I think this definition is pretty accurate, but I disagree with whether these are really fixed images or ideas. Clearly, stereotypes ebb and flow and are added and removed over time as context or target of the stereotypes changes. Therefore, I propose this definition to provide a bit more context. A stereotype is an average of the observed characteristics of a population or population subset. Stereotypes, also known as profiles, are applied at all levels. Americans writ large, black Americans, hipsters, Catholics, East Coast, West Coast, Southern, Midwest, rednecks, golfers, football fans. The more you dig, the more you uncover an unending clustering of every conceivable grouping of identities. But why is this? We have stereotypes for the same reason we have 200 other named biases working in our brains. First off, we can't compute every possible permutation. And second, we just don't have the time to spend trying to identify friend or foe. A stereotype is simply just a measurement heuristic based on population averages. Counterintuitively, stereotypes are also known as social graces. The way we act with grandma versus the way we act with our friends at a sports bar is a great example. Stereotypes allow us to walk into a new situation and, with a solid degree of accuracy, identify not only friend and foe, but also a workable profile of social engagement rules to avoid being terribly awkward. For example, consider the motorcycle groups Hell's Angels and Bikers for Christ. There's a lot in common as they drive the same bikes, wear the same clothing, and group together in the same ways. As such, you could be confident in walking up and talking about the nuance of a Harley motorcycle and could even communicate with them on the road using hand signals. But beyond that, there's going to be a lot of difference to be aware of. But for our first engagement, you'd have a pattern to work off of that can reduce the risk of getting crosswise with the Hell's Angels. Conversely, even knowing the names of the groups provides a powerful stereotype where you can assume a level of difference even though, 
on the surface, they appear 90% similar. At a larger level, we train people to understand and recognize the stereotypical behaviors and expectations of populations through studies of organizational behavior and cultural studies. This is as simple as the style of dress and engagement in an East Coast office building versus the same job at a San Francisco office. It can also be as complex as the unique cultural idiosyncrasies of behavior and expectation that are so well outlined in the book, The Culture Map, Breaking Through the Invisible Boundaries of Global Business. By understanding cultural expectations, you can enter with a baseline stereotype and adapt as you learn more. Fundamentally, stereotypes and profiles are ubiquitous, underpinning how humans naturally process the world and define cultures, in-groups, and out-groups. Not applying stereotypes, or specifically, lacking the mental ability to create profiles, requires learning every characteristic of every individual and is incredibly socially awkward. It's also a characteristic that some severe autistics express and is largely due to the separation of emotion and reason. Stereotyping is a social necessity and the sign of normal and healthy brain function. Why Stereotypes Are Human Freddie DeBoer recently captured a great insight into human personalities in a wonderful essay titled, Your Personality Has to be Load-Bearing, where he proposed, The thing is, it's hard to be a person. It's hard. Our personalities are something that we both are and do. We are always being evaluated by the others around us. Appearing attractive or admirable to other people, for most people, most of the time, is something like a work of life. And like any other kind of work, there's pressure to do it well. To fail at the construction of a self could hardly be more fraught with stakes and meaning. To construct this self is twofold. First, it means you have to have an identity. And second, it requires that you have to find community. A self who is not included in a group means the identity is counterproductive to human flourishing. To succeed at both an identity and a community means you have to apply identity profiles or stereotypes to yourself constantly. Even the countercultural, profile and shoeing hipsters ironically were so uniform in dress and behavior that they spawned their own accurate stereotype that could be lampooned, such as the Gagarista beer advertisement, where every time you drink a Gagarista, a hipster's favorite band goes commercial. Everything from the styles of clothing to accessories to vernacular, slang, and even posture are crafted to form personas of identity that help define us. We even apply stereotypes to avoid other stereotypes in a never-ending cycle. And this forms the basis of concepts like dress for success. In fact, what we can call culture is an amalgamation of stereotypes which define a group and which groups often proudly display, like a hipster with a vinyl record or a German with lederhosen during Oktoberfest. The reason we apply these stereotypes is complicated. René Girard, a French polymathic thinker, wove together history, philosophy, anthropology, religion, and sociology, discovering what he coined mimetic desire. Luke Burgess, writing for Barry Weiss in the substack Common Sense, captures mimetic desire as, Human beings are expert imitators. Mimetic comes from a Greek word meaning to imitate. Science has shown that we are the most imitative creatures on the planet, and we imitate in a far more complex, symbolic way than any known animal. 
While we are good at imitating the speech and fashion of others, Garrard's discovery was that humans imitate the very desires of other people. This means that we not only willingly apply stereotypes to form our own identity, but we also apply stereotypes to fulfill the desires of other people. The movie Grease is a great example. The T-Bird Gang, led by Danning Zuko, actor John Travolta, have a very stereotypical image and behavior based on the 1950s greaser culture, as do their counterpart Pink Ladies. Sandy Olson, actress Olivia Newton-John, falls into a completely different stereotype of the prep or jock, creating a Romeo and Juliet-esque story of conflicting cultures and identities. In the end, both Danny and Sandy take on the inverse personas, with Danny lettering in track and Sandy becoming a greaser, both changing their identities through the application of stereotypes, all in an attempt to attract the other person. Another term for this is code switching, a behavioral theory rooted in language that also includes cultural and socioeconomic influences and studies how humans can move or shift between different average group behaviors. Not only do we apply stereotypes to form our identity, but we apply stereotypes to conform to others' identities, and we change our stereotypes over time and circumstances as life moves us around. When I was a waiter in college, stereotyping and code switching were essential to good service and good tips. Being able to read the table meant I had to pick up on stereotypical cues quickly and switch myself to the right persona. The elderly couple, I demurred and used lots of sirs and ma'ams. The table of golfers got chatted up about courses, scores, and beer. The table with kids was immediately presented with crayons, paper, and kitty cups of water. The table with the ladies' night out got compliments and flirting. I stereotyped like crazy, and I code-switched myself appropriately, even when these tables were all seated in my area at the same time. The thing is, they appreciated it and I made a lot of money from skillfully stereotyping and code switching. The ability to apply and decode stereotypes successfully allows us to navigate a complex world with graceful engagement. For example, back to waiting tables, when I misapplied a golfing group stereotype on a Christian men's group. What they had in common was that they both were similarly aged men and wearing polos. Realizing my stake, I immediately re-stereotyped, code switched, and instead of delivering my go-to edgy golf joke, I asked if they needed a minute to say a prayer, and I nailed it gracefully. Stereotypes are typically so accurate that they are the basis for much of modern comedy who play on these stereotypes, such as Jimmy O. Yang and his take on How to American. Stereotypes are also so specific that we have a term for the type of person who tries and fails to apply one. We call them a poser because their mimicry fall short of the true profile. We place a lot of personal value in our ability to accurately emulate and be interpreted as accurately emulating a certain stereotype. This might explain my desire when seeing an ostentatiously rich lady in a grocery store to walk up to her and ask her to run a price check for me. The absolute and intentional misstereotyping is the basis of insult and comedy, or as I prefer to call it, comedic insult. The negatives of stereotypes. We don't, typically, have a problem with positive stereotypes, specifically if they elevate our perceived status in life. 
One of the simplest examples is a woman feeling complimented for being mistaken for a younger woman because she displays more stereotypical characteristics of a younger woman than an older one. There are concerns emerging on the negative side effects of positive stereotypes, but I find this more related to not living up to a positive expectation rather than a problem per se. Examples of a negative on a positive stereotype might be an Asian who is bad at math, a mom who doesn't like babies, or a tall person who doesn't play basketball. That's myself. I don't find these misapplied stereotypes to be nefarious, but they do lead to a lot of minor offense and highlight the limitations of a stereotype. Because just as a stereotype is an average of the observed characteristics of a population or population subset, we have to accept that a lot of people fall outside of that distribution. For example, if our stereotype captures one sigma on either side of the mean of a standard distribution, this means our stereotype includes approximately 68% of a population. That also means 32% of the population doesn't fit into the stereotype. This is where we start to hit the really negative implications that tarnish this useful social tool. The main negative aspects of stereotypes are twofold. Number one, if the stereotype is intentionally hostile or demeaning. This normally takes an exaggerated caricature of a culture where you intend to reduce the majority of the population to a negative characteristic of one of the tails of the distribution. This application of stereotypes is specifically intended to otherwise and exclude. Examples include the negative depiction during World War II of the Japanese and the Germans, and clear racial depictions of blacks, Asians, Mexicans, whomever. And then number two, when you refuse to allow someone to violate the stereotype. This is where you hear things like, all of group X are characteristic Y. Just like any good data collection, if the stereotype reflects the average of your observed characteristics and someone doesn't fit, you either have to accept that they aren't in that group or your sample has to adapt to include them in the distribution. This means that your stereotype will also have to adapt. If you don't allow an individual to violate a stereotype, even an accurate stereotype, we aren't seeing them for who they really are. Also, if you don't allow your stereotype to expand to involve new information, it will quickly become unusable and socially awkward. Another counterintuitive insight is that there is a third, subtle, negative aspect. I've experienced this one personally. I love violating stereotypes and can code switch between stereotypes as simply as I can swap into the appropriate clothing. The consequence of that is that it creates risk to the people I associate with. It can also create risk to myself, as the person switching, if it begins to fray my own identity. If I constantly change the essence of who I am to others, I become too cognitively jarring to those people, and I'll likely be excluded in order for others to create psychological safety. In conclusion, stereotypes are a tool. They can be incredibly useful, and they can be incredibly damaging. But this isn't different from virtually any social or even mechanical tool. Stereotypes are absolutely critical to smooth social functioning. We fundamentally can't, and I say that we shouldn't, get rid of them. We just need to understand why the stereotypes exist and the dramatic value that they offer 
such as being able to adapt to new social situations by having the 50% solution on hand for how to engage. By understanding the benefits, we can then clean up the intentional negative stereotypes and gracefully allow people to break and improve our stereotypes. In doing this, we can mature our engagements, reduce offense, and appreciate, value, and socially interact with the diversity around us. Who knows? You may even find a new stereotype you'd like to apply to yourself and integrate into your identity. Thanks for listening to Polymathic Being. We'd love for you to subscribe on Substack at polymathicbeing.substack.com where you can read, comment, and share these essays.